Thank you for joining us for this recent message from Freedom Ministries in Crossit, Arkansas. Connect with us online at freedomministriescrossit.com and let us know what God is doing in your life through this ministry. Now prepare your heart to hear a word that we pray will bless your life. building on um, just this revelation God's been giving me since we went to our conference. Um, and it's building on some of these prophetic words that came out this morning. I'm, I'm, I'm also seeing um, when Pastor Cindy began talking about Hezekiah and um, how he went into the temple of God and they had and they brought everything else, they brought everything out into the open. They brought everything that was shameful out into the open so it could be dealt with, it could be gotten rid of, and things could be clean. God began showing me something a few weeks ago about two spirits that I believe work together to keep us bound And I want to I want to share what those are, and I and I want us to see them so we can be set free today. Amen. In Joshua chapter five verse nine, and this is um, the word God gave me over this. It says, "Then the Lord said to Joshua, This day I have rolled away the reproach and the shame of Egypt from you. Therefore, the name of this place is called Gilgal to this day." Their shame was, we learned about their shame Wednesday night, their shame was that they had disobeyed God. They had decided to live in fear instead of in faith. And they had to stay in the wilderness because they missed him. They refused to listen to him because of fear and because of rebellion. And they lived in shame because they weren't allowed to have all that God had for them. And he said that this day, they're getting ready. God had said, now's the day. Finally, we're getting ready. We're going into the promised land. And he said, this day, God is removing from you the reproach, the shame of your bondage in Egypt. Because until that point, when they had been set free from bondage, but God had not changed their identity of who they were. When they went into this reason, they went into the promised land and they said, we're just look like grasshoppers because their identity had not changed. They were still in bondage in their mind. They had been totally set free. And it's the same thing why today sometimes many people say I'm I'm 50 years recovering alcoholic. Well, brother, are you going to be recovered at some point? At what point does our identity change from what I was into who God's called me to be? And he said that this is the day they were finally ready to go take the promised land. It was the act of going across that river and obeying God that rolled the reproach. It rolled the shame away from who they used to be to who God had called them to be. They were no longer slaves of Egypt. It took them 40 years, but they were no longer slaves of Egypt. They were the people of God. God is going to roll back the shame of your bondage today. 
Hallelujah. What happens when he rolls back that? So the spirits that I see are shame and desire is what I call them. And they work together to keep us in bondage because it makes us continue to identify as someone who's in bondage. In Numbers chapter 14, their shame was still on them. They still viewed themselves as the slaves who had escaped from Egypt. Didn't matter that the people who had kept them, all their enemies, the people who had kept them bound for 400 years had all been drowned in the sea and they were never coming after them again. Did not matter. In their minds, they were still slaves. And so they see this great promised land in front of them. They see it and they realize we're not big enough. We're not good enough yet to take it. And the first thing that they say, once they realize, we do this, I've been saved, I've been set free, and but I'm not holy enough to be used by God yet. You don't know the thoughts that still go through my mind because I just got set free last week. I'm not holy enough. Some of us, we don't know the thoughts that go through your mind because you got saved 20 years ago. But God, we do renew our mind continuously. Amen. We put that, we keep the identity of sinner on us. We keep the identity of slave to sin, bondage on us. And it stops us from going into what God has for us. And, I'm going, and, I'll, and I'll show it to you with, with, a, with something in my own life. Um, have any of you ever had an extended period of unemployment or underemployment, I'll say? And when you find that dream job, you're like, oh, my God, this, this is the job I've always wanted. And you go into it, you actually have a hard time having the confidence to believe I'm worth this job because if you've spent six months, a year, whatever, where you haven't worked, you don't think I'm good enough because my identity has changed to unemployed person who gets the check every month. Y'all don't have to say amen. It's difficult. It's difficult when I've been here, even though I used to be that. Maybe used to be the most skilled welder in the world, but I was unemployed for a year and a half. And now, even though I know I can do this job, this is the perfect job for me, I have a hard time working up the confidence to walk in like I am the best person that you were going to find. I walk in and think, I may be pretty good at this job, but, you know, there's probably a lot of people who've had jobs for the last 18 months and who've been in practice, and so you maybe, you know, our identity changes with, our, with, with that. The same thing happens to us when we have a, a time when we are in bondage. When I come out of it, my mind has to shift into, I actually am a child of God. I actually am set free. I actually am delivered. I actually am full of the power of God. I actually do have the ability to pray for you and have you get better. I actually do have the ability to pray with you and you be set free just like I was set free. I actually do have the ability to do these things. 
So just like Israel, they had, in Numbers 14, let me, let me actually finally read this scripture. In verse 1, it says, So all the congregation, they lifted up their voices and cried, and the people went, wept that night. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. The whole congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in the wilderness, why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? And they went past complaining, and they said, Let's appoint leaders among us. They said to one another, Let us select a leader, and let's go back to where we came from. (laughs) So... They had an identity problem, and then they began to desire the old. They've spent 400 years telling stories and desiring the new. They spent 40, well, not 40 years at this point. They spent a time in the wilderness desiring the new, hearing from God, getting tablets, with the law of God on it, God moving miraculously, him providing manna for them to eat, him providing water from a rock for them to drink. They've had, they've had time. They've hoped. They've looked forward to the ministry that God has for them, to the purpose and the plan that God has for their life, to the blessings and the overflowing abundance that God has waiting on them because of their faithfulness. And when they get there, that old identity begins to come up that says, Did you forget that you were a slave? Did you forget who you were? Did you forget? You can't defeat those giants in the land. You know how to build bricks. They kept the shame of who they were around them instead of throwing it off. But that shame kept them hidden, because what do we do when we're ashamed? We hide. It kept them hidden, and it made them go back to desiring the old. There was nothing for them in Egypt but slavery and bondage and all the stuff that they hated until they cried out to God to set me free. There was nothing back in there for that. Some of us, when we desire the old, when I desire the lifestyle I came out of, when I desire the sin that I came out of, when I desire the old religion that I came out of, some of us, When I go back to desiring that and thinking, man, it would just be so much more comfortable. It would be so much more easy if I could just go back to that. It's because our identity has not changed yet. We've kept the shame on us. So we have to take the mask off. Pastor Cindy's word hit it perfectly. We have to bring that stuff out into the open. We have to expose it, amen, to really be set free from that shame and that guilt. We have to deal with the source of it. And Psalms 51, verse 6, it says, Behold, I was brought forth in a state of iniquity. My mother was sinful who conceived me, and I too am sinful. Behold, you desire truth in the inner being. Make me, therefore, to know wisdom in my inmost heart. God desires truth in our inward parts, And he can deal with that. And when we deal with that, when I bring truth out of my inward part, when I desire bring truth out of my heart, when I bring the truth out, that I actually do want that. Hey, God, you know, we'd play the Christian game. If we desire something that's not good for us, that's not a Christian thing to desire, 
I want to look at things on the internet. I want to drink this drink. I want to smoke this thing. I want to shoot this thing up. I, I desire things that Christians shouldn't desire. I, we don't throw ourselves down on the altar up, not generally, because I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed that I desire those things. <clears throat> and so we sit in it and cover it up instead of dealing with it until it gets so big in us that it drives us back into sin. That's how those two spirits work together. Are we seeing how shame and desire? I, you know, the devil attacks us with desires all the time. That's the reason he said we have to crucify the flesh daily because that's where the desires come from. I crucify the flesh every day. The desires are going to come. And when I, and if I can't take care of it right there and expose it, hey, this is hitting me. This is attacking me. God, I need to be set free today. I need to be set free today, God. Then I, then I can't ever, be, it's just going to grow. And so shame covers it up. We have a problem as Christians. And it's every one of us because we, every one of us is in some area in the process of overcoming. Amen? I'm not overcoming drug addiction but I've, because I've never been addicted to drugs, but I'm overcoming my own things. We are all in the process of overcoming and so we're all, un unless it's like those few days right after we've broken all the way through in something, you know, we're, we're in the process of overcoming. Because God puts another Jordan River in front of us. He puts another promised land in front of us. He puts another thing in front of us that we can walk into. Another place that makes us very uncomfortable to deal with. We're all in, the, in that process of overcoming. And so every one of us can relate to the fact that when I'm being pushed by God into this area where he's stretching my faith and he's making me a little bit uncomfortable, every one of us, the desire comes on upon us at some point, maybe I should just turn back. It was more comfortable back there. Knowing it wasn't all that wonderful, but at least I knew what it was. It was known to me, and known feels a little bit more comfortable than the unknown because the unknown is very uncomfortable. And so, I, at least I knew what was bad about it. And so we want to go back to it sometimes. But every one of us who's in a process of overcoming knows the feeling of, man, maybe I just want to go back. <clears throat> the spirit that comes on us with that desire is shame. In Romans chapter 8, verse 5, it says, For those who live according to the flesh set their mind on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can it be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So where do these desires come from? They come from the flesh. So if I'm in the flesh... And I'm going by my feelings, because that's also where my feelings come from. Feelings and desires are very related. I'm in my feelings. 
I'm in my desires, I'm in my flesh, I can't please God there. I have to press through and connect in the spirit. She says, but you're not of the flesh, you're, of, you're in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is none of this. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit which dwells in you. So how do we overcome desires that want to make us feel ashamed and pull us back in? We get honest with God so that the Spirit of God can move in with it. And then the Spirit of the life of Jesus Christ makes us free from sin. He quickens our mortal body. He puts it to death. That's why we die to the flesh. At some point, we got to deal with the fact that Many of us just, we want to live in our feelings. We just want to live there. Um, Living by our feelings makes things feel easier. But our feelings tell us all kind of wrong things because our feelings come from our flesh. Our feelings tell us, I don't feel saved today. I must not be saved. Our feelings tell us the last thing in the world I want to do is pray again, God, that we had a full day of fasting yesterday. Our feelings tell us that. Our flesh tells us those things. I feel like I don't want to do something. And then I begin to feel like it was just so much better back in the land of Egypt. They tell us that we don't feel like the people that God says we are. That's the reason Israel said we look like grasshoppers. They felt small. They felt ashamed. They felt too little. They felt not good enough. They had, they had all these feelings. What did the Word of God say? The, God's Word came forth and said, you can surely overtake them. And so the Word of God, the Spirit of life, that's the reason if we're in our flesh, we cannot please God. We are at enmity with the Spirit of God, because the Spirit of God comes in and says, you can do it. You are well able to overtake this that's in front of you. You are well able to stand up and say, I will never smoke a cigarette again. You are well able to stand up and say, I will never do drugs again. You are well able to stand up and say, I will never lie again. You are well able to stand up and say, I will never lust again. I will not do it. I can, I can say it prophetically and say, I will never do it again. But our feelings and our flesh comes back in and begins to tell us something else. That's the reason it's at enmity. And we have to choose. I have to choose. Do I believe my feelings or do I believe the word? And if I'm going to believe the word, I can't live in my feelings because they're fighting me. They will fight me every step of the way. Hey, You know, even recently, because it's not just what, you know, it's not just you, right? Our, our feelings make me feel different than you. It, my feelings make me look at elders and apostles and pastors and teachers and prayer warriors and intercessors and say, they're, 
surely they don't feel what I feel. Surely they don't deal with the same things I deal with. Surely they don't. Or they wouldn't be so far up here and I wouldn't be so far. I must be different. And then I feel ashamed because I'm different. I have to be different because all these feelings. I even, I mean, just in the last week, I was driving along, and I had been, I, you know, I've been praying all day, actually. And, um, and I was driving down the road, and I had on some praise and worship music, and I just turned it off for a second, and I just said, God, am I, do I have a good relationship with you? I don't, I don't know. All of a sudden, I, I feel like I'm not sure. I fasted and prayed today, but I, all, I, all of a sudden the feeling just hit me. I feel like I'm, I'm not sure, actually. Do I? Do I? You, you know. Do I have a good relationship with you? Sometimes it's good to self-examine and not assume. But that was a feeling that came up. You know, I felt. Is it? Is that do I actually have a good, you know, as good as I think I do? Do I actually have a good relationship with you? Our feelings make us feel something else than what God says that we are. And I know y'all look at me crazy like that because this past Friday, I was talking with some of the teenagers, or it was a couple Fridays ago, and um, I was telling them how I was in a plane one time and it got real turbulent. They told, you know, I mean, I mean, real. You could actually see the, the wings flopping up and down like this, like they were going to fly off. And um, <clears throat> the person next to me heard me praying at one point, wanted me to pray for them too. You know, it was, <laughs> I, you, that's when you don't mind speaking in tongues out loud in a crowded place. And I said to them, so the very first thing when I realize the situation I'm in and I look outside and you can, I see one big thunderhead over here, one big thunderhead over here, and there's lightning arcing back and forth between them, like right in front of the plane. It was frightening. And, uh, and I said, oh, Jesus, oh, my God, forgive me of my sins and come into my heart, Jesus. I give you my life right now. I prayed the sinner's prayer. If I'm fixing to meet Jesus, I'm going to make extra sure. God. And they said, really? They looked at me like I was from another planet. They're like, no, surely, surely you're like, should have reacted much more spiritually than that. I was like, no. Can't tell you how many times I've been driving down the road and all of a sudden things get crazy and I'm grabbing the steering wheel with one hand and the other hand, I put my hand on my heart. I say, God, forgive me of my sins and come into my heart. I, forgive me. If I sinned against you, God, make me clean. And I'm saying it while I'm trying to get back control of my car. <laughs> no, you're not alone. That's what I do. But this spirit wants to sit on us and make us act like we are. It's not the spirit of God that tells us, that makes us know that we are above this. It's this other, this is spirit of shame that wants to sit on us and make us say, you can't deal with that. You can't deal with the fact that all of a sudden you've been, been praying. How much more could, could I have done? Been praying all day long and, and had a wonderful time with God. And then all of a sudden, why am I even, do I even have a good relationship with God? Are we okay? That, that spirit that makes us not even want to even voice that out loud. 
that I'm alone and I'm feeling bad about myself and all my friends have left me because I made a stand for God and I'm thinking, man, I had some friends and I had a good time when I was out partying. Why? Maybe I just want to do that again. But if you don't deal with the truth in our inward parts, then we can't be free of the problems that are in our inward parts. We can't be free from shame. Oh, help us, Jesus. And here's what he said to me. I'll tell you what he said to me because I think it's important because God will answer us when we ask those kinds of questions. I was actually surprised by the way he asked. He answered the question. He said, um, do, do I give you words to speak? I said, yes. He said, do you hear me when I speak to you? I said, I think so, most of the time. He said, do people come up and get healed sometimes at the altar? Yes. I mean, I know that's all you, but I mean, I, I did get up and say, somebody with this problem come up here. He said, so you hear from me, you respond to me. I'm working through you. People get set free. Um, you're witnessing to people. You, you share the love of God. So what do you think, Casey? I said, oh, I think it sounds like I must have a good relationship with you, but I want to, what Elder Barbara prayed was what I started praying right after that. But I just want a deeper relationship because how could I ever, if I can stop and question for a moment, is my relationship okay? I need a deeper relationship with God. I need a deeper relationship with him. In Genesis chapter 3, we see the source of this problem. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, chapter 3, verse 6, was good for food, and it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree that was desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate it. And she gave also to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. So two things happened there. They desired something. And they did not go to God and say, God, you told me to not eat of that tree. I want it so bad. I want it so I don't even know what to do. I don't know how I can stop myself from eating that fruit because I want it so bad. That snake came and he made it look so good to me. And I want to be wise. Why, why would you withhold me being wise? I want it so bad because I want to be able to see things like you see. And I want to be able to, to make decisions. And, I, and it looks good. They didn't go to God with that desire. They went to each other with that desire. And they ate the fruit. And immediately, they became ashamed. So ashamed that also at that point, instead of going to God and throwing themselves down at His mercy and saying, Oh my God, I ate that, the fruit that you told me not to eat. I ate it. Father in heaven, forgive me. Forgive me. What have I done, God? I repent. I throw myself at your feet. Do whatever you want to do with me, God. But I... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I want to. How can I make it right with you? Instead of doing that, they they covered themselves and they hid, which is what the next spirit that comes upon us. And so, what do we do? Is we go around covered, hidden, but acting like everything's okay. I got set free from drugs a couple months ago, and all the church folks think I'm still set free. 
I wanted it so bad the other night, though, when I got some. My favorite one, though, is I got set free from cigarettes and I started smoking again because you're not hiding that from anybody. <laughs> Everybody knows that you've gone back to the cigarettes. You're not hiding. But we try. We, we try to hide. We brush our teeth and put some peppermints in there, get some peppermint essential oil, <laughs> wash our clothes in a different place. And, um, and, and we hide. We hide in that because it makes us feel protected and not exposed but how do we get rid of the things in our life as we expose it and we say, God, here I am at this altar one more time. I know, God, I've come up to be set free from this same thing five times this year already. But God, I've, I want to go back to it. Maybe I did go back to it. I want it with so bad with everything in me and I don't know how to say no. God, what are you going to do about it? Show me how to set this flesh to death, to put it to death so that I'm not desiring after those things. Listen, the, the desire alone is not the problem because that's the, why I put the flesh to death every day. Because if I don't, I, my flesh will overtake and I can't please God because my flesh desires things that are opposite of God. My spirit desires the things that are of God and they fight against each other all the time. And so until I press through into the spirit and put my flesh to death, my flesh is winning. I've made my choice that day. I want whatever the flesh desires. <laughs> Even in that, though, I can just say, God, help me. My flesh is desiring all these things that I should not be desiring. I shouldn't be. But I am. And I don't want to because I recognize the pattern that as I'm wanting this and I'm feeling these feelings again that makes me want to go back to this. Some of us, you know, we've, I feel depressed today. And that makes us want to go back to something else. I feel alone. That makes me want to go back to something. They were ashamed and they covered themselves. And the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? So he said, God, I heard your voice in the garden. and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Did you eat from the tree which I commanded that you should not eat? And nothing has changed since Adam and Eve for us. We desire things that we're ashamed of. We are. If we do not press through in the spirit and put our flesh to death every day, that's why it's important to pray in the morning. I know some people like to pray at night, but it just doesn't work that way. We pray first thing and put our flesh to death. We, des we will desire things that we are ashamed of. And then we hide it. And by hiding it, we heap guilt on ourselves. And this is how the body of Christ as a whole gets in sin. We get, we get told the way we that we have to be way up here. And when we're dying to our flesh in our area, in an area we feel way down here. And we feel like we're not good enough. And we feel like Israel. And we just want to turn back. Desires. And I can do one of two things with that desire. I can take it to the altar, 
I can take it to God, and I can expose it all. As long as those idols were hidden, they were there. But when they brought them out and exposed them, they could clean up the temple of God. As long as I stay hidden. You know, I saw this at, um, at, at a conference I was at um, a while back, maybe last time. And, uh, and there was an altar call for something, and, I, and, and nobody moved. And I was like, oh, well, do you want to go up there? Oh, okay. Well, let's go. And then everybody went up there because we're so ashamed to identify. Because here's the thing. I believe... That because of that, because of that shame and because of the desire, I believe that's my identity. Because I have not been changed and transformed into the identity of the person who knows that they are no longer a slave in Egypt. That they are somebody who's taking their promised land right now. But as long as my identity is there, then I am ashamed of who I am. I'm not a person who is redeemed, who's trying to be set free of an attack of the enemy, there's no shame in that. I put shame on myself because in, my, in myself, I say my identity is drug addict. My identity is depressed. My identity is, I look at pornography all the time. My identity is lust. My identity is Whatever. And so we feel ashamed. So when these feelings come, we have to recognize them for what they are. And that is, these desires are an attack on our identity in Jesus. It's not, oh, I should, you know, I'm so ashamed. I should just be over this by now. That's not even the battle. The battle is... Something is coming to try to pull me away from Jesus. It is an attack on the identity that God spoke into me. When he spoke and he said, I have called you a peculiar people, a holy nation that's going to show forth my praises. I have called you to be a minister. I've called you to be an apostle. I've called you to be a teacher. I've called you to be a giver. I've called you to be a prayer warrior. I've called you holy for I am holy. I have called you free. I've given sight to the blind. I have bound up your broken heart. You are free. You are healed. You are delivered. You are redeemed. You are righteous. You are anointed. That's the identity that he spoke into every one of us. And if something else comes along to try to make me feel like I'm less than that, it is an attack on the identity that Jesus Christ spoke into my spirit. It's an attack on who God called me to be. That there is no shame in an attack against who God called you to be. It is war. It's war. And so that's the reason we get up and we say, oh my God. I've hidden it, but I've been overcome in these last weeks with feelings of lust that I can't get set free from. I want to be free today. That's why we can get up and say, I was already set free. I thought I was okay, but I've been overwhelmed with the desire to go back and stick a needle in my arm just one more time. Just one more. 
I just want to puff on that cigarette one more time. I just want that alcohol one more time. Just once. Just one more. I'm overcome with the desire for it. That desire is not because you're just so wicked. That desire is because there is an identity inside of you that God spoke that is the opposite of who Satan is telling you are. It's the opposite of slave to sin. It's the opposite of being in bondage. It's the opposite of being wicked and evil and shameful. It's the opposite of that. And so those desires come to attack the identity that God has put in you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Psalms 37, 4 says, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and He shall give you the desires of your heart. And we're talking a lot about desire in the negative sense, uh, that our flesh desires, but our spirit has desires too. And my choice every day, I really only have one choice every day. And that is, do I get up and do what it takes to allow my spirit to take control of my life so that I desire the things of the Spirit. That, so that God can bless it and give me all the desires of my heart and it can be wonderful. Or do I allow the flesh and the desires of the flesh to take over and rule? Those are my choices. Now, if I don't do what it takes to press into the Spirit, I don't have a lot of control over what the flesh decides at once. That's the reason why... People get so tied up in some of these sexual sins and sexual identity crises that's all over the world today. You don't have control over what your flesh desires. It desires whatever the devil can get in there and make it desire. And it's all the same. It doesn't matter what your desire is or your desire is. It's all the same. It just... It just desires to get you into something in sin. It desires something that the flesh wants. But, and it also doesn't matter what the desire is either because the fix is the same. And that is that I put the flesh to death. I identify and say, God, where did this desire come from? Set me free. I crucify the flesh. I'm putting you down today until the spirit of life comes alive inside of me so big that it desires. Delight yourself in the Lord means to, to delight means that it's something that you desire after so much that if it was set in front of you, you would literally like lap it up like a dog. That's if you that's how much that what that's what delight yourself in the Lord means. It means desire after him so much that you would just fall down and just lap up every bit of him that you could get like a dog. Desire after it. So we do what it takes to press through in the Spirit. Hey, We can do what it takes to press through in the Spirit so that our Spirit's desires are what's coming out of us. Hey, our spirit desires, the spirit desires what Pastor Cindy said for our uh, elder Barbara said, sorry, for a deeper relationship with you. When God shows up and he says, what do you want? I can think of a lot of things in my flesh, but my spirit desires one thing more of you, more of you, God, more of you, God. 
I wake up in the morning and all the desires of the world, all the the anxiety and stress and all the other all the things I got to do, that's what's on our mind. But when we press through in the spirit, we can see things like the spirit sees them. We can desire the things that the spirit of God desires for us. And he says that he will give you those desires of your heart. How many of us want to be free of desires of the flesh today? Hallelujah. I know it is it is simple. It's that we that we press through in the spirit every day. But can everyone stand? Because I really believe God wants to do a work on those of us. I know this is one of those altar calls. Some of you, your stomach's already turning because you know where I'm going. I've been in that altar call. I've come down and wanted to throw up. I understand. Um, We do have trash cans up here, and that's okay. Some of us here have dealt with that shame. You came in dealing with the shame today. Probably you've even sat there saying, Dear God, please don't. Just let me go home and pray this out and press through in the the Spirit tomorrow. But we have to expose what it is inside of us. I'm not saying you get up and tell your business, but I am saying we identify what it is that today I need to be set free from shame. I need to be set free from this thing that it was just a desire that came one time, but now now it's something that's eating me up inside and I'm so ashamed for anybody to ever, because it would change that people think I'm so holy, they they think I'm a Christian, they think I'm this and they think I'm that, but it would change the way they view me. It's not going to change the way anybody views you here this morning. So I want to set you free from that. And I want to invite you to come to be set free from those desires that you have hidden with shame. We hope you enjoyed this message from Freedom Ministries. For more information and to stay connected with us, find us on Facebook or the web at freedomministriescrossit.com.